You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio.
listening to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afia Levi Israel. Welcome to the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about black composers. We're going to talk about people of color in European art history and various things of that nature. Um, what you just listened to was Chevalier de Saint-Georges. His music can be uh, found all over YouTube, and he is considered the quote-unquote black Mozart. His official name is Joseph Boulogne, Chevalier de Saint-Georges. He was born around December 25th, 1745, and died June the 12th, 1799. Um, That was the classical composer that you just heard on the music that we played prior to the broadcast. This gentleman was a French classical composer. He was considered a virtuoso violinist a conductor of the leading symphony orchestra in Paris and a renowned champion fencer. So not only was he a musician, a virtuoso at that, he was also a fencer. What is a fencer? A fencer is a man that can fight with a sword. So what I did, I went and did a Google search on the term chevalier and I looked up what was the definition of chevalier and here's what I found. The definition of chevalier means a knight, a knight. So historically speaking, this man was a black knight, meaning he was a part of royalty. The term chevalier actually means a knight or a chivalrous man or a member of a certain order of knighthood or of the modern French orders such as the Legion of Honor. So not only was this man a virtuoso violinist, not only was this man a leader during the symphony orchestra in Paris, he was also a knight, meaning he was part of rulership. This is during the 1700s. This is a part of history that many people are not aware of. So, allegedly, he was born in the French colony of Guadeloupe. He was the son of Georges de Boulogne Saint-Georges, a wealthy married planter, and Anne uh, Nanon, his wife, was a supposed African slave. When he was young, his father took him to France, where he was educated during the French Revolution. The younger Saint uh, Georges served as colonel of the Legion Saint Georges, the first all-black regiment in Europe, fighting on the side of the Republic. Today, Chevalier de Saint Georges is best remembered as the first known classical composer of African ancestry. He composed numerous string quartets and other instrument pieces as well as operas so this is a part of history that many people are not aware of when they talk about black people they make it seem as though we have no sort of history no background that we allegedly just came from the jungles of Africa swinging from trees when in reality we have artists fencers violinists This man was a knight, meaning he was a part of royalty. We had kings, we had princesses, we had uh, uh, people that were in the knighthood. We had all types of royalty within our blood. 
So when we talk about slavery, what people fail to realize is that we, as a nation of people, were actually prisoners of war. A prisoner of war is someone that actually had their own kingdom, their own establishment, their own sovereignty, their own rulership, their own designation throughout the world. They were world-renowned. We come from kings, priests, uh, artisans, uh, musicians, poets, uh, uh, construction, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the people that work in construction, I can't remember the name right now. Masonry, I believe it's called. Um, but not the Freemasonry that people are so de deluded on. I'm talking about actual masonry, like building, a like architects. There you go. Architects, stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to touch briefly on uh, Chevalier de Saint George because he's the perfect example of righteous black nobility. This is uh, rare because many people believe that there's no such thing as uh, us having a uh, history prior to slavery. Um, so the interesting thing about it is that many people have uh, stolen our image, stolen our likeness, stolen our records, and formulated it as their own. What do I mean by that? It's a term called iconoclasm. When you look up what iconoclasm is, iconoclasm is the deliberate destruction of images. So iconoclast, a person who attacks cherished beliefs or institutions, a critic, right? So what happened during the dark ages, black people were in power. During the time where the Renaissance happened, there was a slow progression of wars. There was the uh, Spanish Inquisition that happened and a time period where we were persecuted by the Roman Catholic system and forced into slavery. If you look back at some of the papal bulls that were established, it was the Catholic Church that actually instituted and put into papal law the act of placing our ancestors into servitude. So iconoclasm is the action of attacking or assertively rejecting cherished beliefs and institutions or established values and practices. The second definition, the rejection or destruction of religious images as heretical, the doctrine of iconoclast. So what is this code for? This is code for whitewashing where they deliberately attacked any image of black people and slowly turned the images of religious worship to that of the Caucasian race. Iconoclasm is a social belief. Remember, it's a belief system, a social belief in the importance of the destruction of icons and other images of monuments, most frequently for religious and political reasons. So there are political reasons why the Catholic Church decided to take all the images of black people and destroy it and turn it upside down on his head. 
The motivations for the practice have ranged from the imposition of monotheism and restoration of polytheism in ancient Egypt to the disposition of an autocratic regime and the consolidation of another in modern uh, Egypt. Not every breaking of an image is an act of iconoclasm. So what does that mean? For example, they took uh, Napoleon. He was one that took the image of the Sphinx and had his army blow off the noses to hide the fact that the rulers of ancient Egypt, which also the rulers of ancient Israel, were actually black people. What did they do? They took images of black people all throughout Asia, Europe, and Africa and shifted those to Caucasian images. Remember, this is the rejection or destruction of religious images as heretical. So, any image that portrayed Christ as black, they rejected. Any image that portrayed the angels as black, they rejected. Any image that portrayed Moses as black, they rejected. Any image that portrayed Mother Mary or Miriam as black, they rejected. So, it's pretty interesting because what they did was they took our images and flipped it on its head and started washing it and now forcing the, the world, basically, to worship their image as God. This is uh, strikingly what we must understand in the fact of the systematic psychological degradation that has happened to the, the, the society of man. The whole of the earth has inherited lies. They have inherited deceptions. So there's this article uh, provided by uh, Medieval People of Color where it talks about this subject because you wouldn't want to be historically inaccurate. You want to make sure that you get all the facts that are involved. So we're going to read uh, excerpts from this uh, particular uh, article. It says this, Retroactive Erasure the Black Madonnas of Europe. One of the most baffling failures of logic in all of academia is the flagrant attachment to the unsupported claim that the Black Virgins of Europe, of which there are well over 300, are not Black because they are Black. For some reason, their inability to explain her dark complexion is combined with the adamant position that it must be explained. That, however, has not stopped most scholars on the subject of the Black Madonnas, asserting that whatever the reason for her skin color, it could not possibly be because the artist intended to paint her skin that color, or if they did, it must be for some other reason than because that was how she looked. So there was an image of the Black Madonna found in uh, Tindari, Sicily, which is Italy, which dates very well past the 8th century and has Latin inscriptions literally saying, I am black. Unfortunately, that does not seem to be a message that art historians want the common people to hear. The actual term is Nigra Sum Sed Formosa. Nigra Sum Sed Formosa. I am black. There's very little academic interest in the supposed anomaly of Black Madonnas of Europe. So the interesting thing about this, folks, is this is a direct quote from the Song of Solomon, particularly chapter 1 and verse 5, where King Solomon states, I am black but comely, which is where we get the modern term, I am black but beautiful. But what did they do? 
What did they do? They saw these images, and instead of saying, oh, these images are actually the image of Mar Maria or, or <laughs> Miriam or Mother Mary, they flipped it on his head and said, no, 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 that's just the Black Madonna. We don't, we don't know how something happened where it changed over time, it just got burnt, something happened, but the, she's not Black. Check this out. It says, the anomaly of the Black Madonnas of Europe until relatively recently. Most art historians, if they mention them at all, attributed her complexion to age, accumulation of smoke, and other environmental factors. In fact, the evidence shows that this is false. Despite the fact that no other portion of the painting of the statues had been affected by the same darkening, or why even the images were restored, copied, or repainted in subsequent centuries, the original brown or black skin color was painstakingly preserved. And this is by Shear, page 10 and page 16. Even analysis of relative age, possible smoke exposure, and darkness of skin tones debunk these assumptions. Many of these copies, and even copies of copies, are made from originals attributed to St. Luke and are said to have been drawn from life, i.e., they are true portraits of the Virgin Mary herself. So hold up, wait a minute. The Black Madonna is the image of Mary herself, and Mary is the mother of Jesus the Christ, or Yahushua HaMashiach, as some like to say. So the mother of Christ is found with dark brown skin, black faces, and hands. So not only was her face dark, but her hands were dark too. And miraculously, people said, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't because she was black. Oh, it was smoke. It was smoke that caused the complexion of the, the statue. Think about it. It's a statue. It's a statue. How can smoke cause a statue to become dark, but it only affects the hands and face? Why, why not the clothing? Why not the dress? Why not the shoes? Why not <laughs> anything else? The ridiculousness of society trying to explain away the fact that the image of Christ's mother was actually black. Because if Christ's mother is black, that tells you that Christ, the Messiah, is black as well. A wide variety of images that have been attributed at some point, although some have been shown to have other origins more recently, to St. Luke can be viewed here, including ones that have been painted over and are literally whitened in the 18th and 19th centuries. For example, one of the factors that art historians have pointed to repeatedly as evidence that these images were not intended to be a black woman is that there is no mention of them in historical documents being described as black. However, there is no uh, reason to suppose that the way she was perceived at the time these images were made or for centuries afterwards is the same as they were viewed retroactively or that her skin color would have been seen as quote anomalous end of quote unlike the historians of this century these texts describe only clothing and decoration 
or mention the image of Our Lady without prevarication upon relative skin hue. So what does that mean? That means they looked at the image, they described her clothing, but they didn't describe her features. They didn't talk about how her skin tone looked. And quite notable uh, opposition to those who are adamant that these images do not suggest that the Virgin Mary was a dark-skinned woman, the 17th century scholar Gabriel de Valletta quotes the 13th century Saint Albert the Great, according to him, states this, You ask, was the Virgin dark or fair? Albertus Magnus says that she was not simply dark, nor simply red-haired, nor just fair-haired. Mary has a blend of complexions, partaking of all of them, because a face partaking of all of them is a beautiful one. And yet this, says Albertus, we must admit, she was a little on the dark side. A little, a little, a little bit on the dark side. There are three reasons for thinking this firstly by reason of complexion, since Jews tend to be dark and she was a Jewess. Secondly, by reason of witness, since St. Luke made the three pictures of her now at Rome, Loretta and Bologna, and, there, and these are brown complexioned. Thirdly, by reason of affinity, a son commonly takes after his mother and vice versa. Christ was dark. Hmm. So we have religious artwork, a statue in particular, where they clearly state and try to disillusion you that she was a blend of colors. But in reality, she was, quote, a little on the dark side. No, she wasn't a little of the dark side. She was black. She was black. She was a dark-skinned woman. She was brown. Different shades of brown. And then they said there are three complexions for thinking this firstly by reason of complexion since Jews tend to be dark and she was a Jewish. So hold on. What are the scholars saying? Because this is Sheer and Vaz de, uh, de Silva writing this. The scholars are saying that they know that Jesus's mother was actually black. <laughs> uh, you can't make this up. So... You're telling me that all my life I went to church and there was an image portrayed that wasn't the actual image that's found over in Europe, over in Asia, over in Africa. The actual image of Christ's mother was portrayed as a dark-skinned woman, as black. But now all of a sudden she's partaking in all the colors, a blend of complexions. No, 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 no. Let's not partake in the fact that she's black. Let us come up with lies. Let us disillusion the society to create an image where she wasn't, dare we say, dark skin or black. She was, she was a blend of variations of complexions or lies. It is also notable that according to Albertus, the dark skin of Christ is a well-known fact. Now, we're reading, folks, historical information. I'm not even going and quoting the Bible. There's various, <laughs> there's various scriptures that you can look at to substantiate this. Jesus' granddad, uh, Solomon, King Solomon, Song of Solomon 1 and 5, I am black but comely. Job 30.30, where he says, My skin is black upon me. Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. 
and 15 where his set where it says that Christ's feet is so dark it looked like it burned in a furnace hmm other scriptures such as uh, Moses having a miracle where his hand turns white and then all of a sudden it turns back to its original flesh which was black that's found in Exodus 4 verse 6 I'm not even reading the scriptures but I'm giving you these as points of reference for you to go back and look for yourself so now we see that these historic historians and art producers know for a fact let me read this again it says the dark skin of Christ is well known as a fact and is used to demonstrate that by virtue of heredity it follows that Mary herself would also be dark complexion when this is contrasted with some of the more absurd claims passed as explanations of the Holy Mother's dark skin, including Ian Begg's ludicrous Mary lived in a hot climate and would have been very sunburnt, or uh, it illuminates just how far many writers on the Black Madonna are willing to stretch credulity, meaning they're willing to lie. They are willing to lie, or what we use in our modern terminology, spin. Back then they spent the information, and even now to this day they spent the information. I have a clip that I'm going to play for you of a Caucasian speaking to uh, one of our brothers that's actually uh, talking on the matter of Jesus the Christ and all of that. Listen to this, and then we'll be back in a sec. Now that you have everyone's attention and you also have called, uh, said that violence is sometimes necessary in these situations, what exactly is it that you hope to achieve through violence? Wow, um, it's interesting that you would pose the, that question like that because this country is built upon violence. What was the American Revolution? Mm -hmm. uh, what's our, 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 our diplomacy across the globe? We go in and we blow up countries and we replace their leaders with leaders who we like. So for um, any American to accuse us of being violent, it's extremely hypocritical. Now, when we talk about but violence, we talk about But you just said in that video, sir, just to, you, you to said, the, I understand we use, that, we use, why are you screaming and not allowing I, me to talk, well, ma'am? You asked me a question, allow me to answer. Go ahead. I'm in the process of answering, and I'm I won't listening. be that much longer. All right, I'm listening. Okay? Uh, you asked what we hope to achieve. We're talking right. about self-defense. We're talking about four or five police officers choking someone to death and someone from the community having the training to intervene effectively. We're talking about saving lives. Nobody's talking about ambushing police officers. We're talking about protecting lives. And there's nothing more American than that. And when we talk about uplifting and upholding the Second Amendment, I think that you should be applauding me. The, seeing as though you guys are huge supporters of the Second Amendment, but it seems to be the hypocrisy of America that when black people start talking about arming themselves and defending themselves, the talk is violence. But when white people grab assault rifles and go to our nation's, uh, their state's okay. capitals, it's all good. All right. First of all, you, I've never talked about my stance on the Second Amendment. Um, you know, that that's my, I'm not 
criticizing you or praising you. You don't support you. the Second I'm Amendment? Only, you don't support I, the Second Amendment? That's not my role here to talk I'm about my opinion. I'm asking you a question. Do you support the Second Amendment? I, the Second Amendment is part of our Do you support the Second Amendment? Yes or no? A lot of your Listen viewers would, would like to know if you support uh, the Second well, Amendment. Well, that's, that's fine. But but that's not why we're here. And what I, you, the only reason that I posed that first question to you um, the way that I did was that I, I watched you, you know, talking in, on a bunch of different interviews today, and you said, "Burn it down." You said, "Burn it down." It's time. So that makes me think I, that I you want to that it's, you want to burn time. it down. I said, "If this country, if this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it." All right, and I could be speaking figuratively. Okay. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. Like, let's be very real, and 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 let's observe the history of the 1960s when black people were rioting. We had the highest growth in wealth and property ownership. Think about the last few weeks since we started protesting. Uh, there have been eight cops fired across the country. You remember they were telling us that there was due process. That's why the cop that choked Eric Gardner to death had kept his job and make, get, received raises for five years. Anytime a cop hurt a woman, hurt a child, hurt pregnant people, hurt our elders, there was always a call for due process. You must wait. You must wait. But the moment people start destroying property, now cops can be fired automatically. What? What? What is this country uh, rewarding? What behavior is it listening to? Obviously not marching, but when people get aggressive and they escalate their their protests, the you country like listens. Cops get fired. Now you have okay. now you have police officers, you have Republican politicians talking about police reform. I don't condone nor do I condemn rioting, but I'm just telling you what I observe. You're seeing you're saying that in that, that that's what appears to be working and getting results right now. And maybe that is something for, you know, everybody to think about. Um, I just want to put up this quote from Martin Luther King, and I've heard you talk about Martin Luther King um, versus Malcolm X, and you said that he, you know, was an anomaly, Martin Luther King. Um, he said, let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. Do you agree with that? I love the Lord. And my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the most famous black radical revolutionary in history. And he was treated just like Dr. King. He was uh, arrested on occasion, and he was also cru crucified or mm -hmm. assassinated. This is what happens to black activists. We are killed by the government. Well, and, and if you need context, if you read your Bible, it'll say that Jesus had feet like burnt brass and hair mm -hmm. like wool. I don't know if you notice, but our hair seems to be more like wool, and we seem to be uh, likened to that color than anyone else. And, you know, it's just the hypocrisy and the white supremacy in America and in the world that would show us portraits of a, a pasty white Jesus. Jesus was not white. We all know this. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I think Jesus is uh, Jesus to all Christians, um, and people interpret him in, in imagery in different ways. Um, obviously, he was from the Middle East. We all know that. That's obvious. So, but, um, so, so he wasn't a white man. We all know that, right? I don't know how. I don't we all know see Jesus how. Wasn't he was white, Middle right? Eastern. Yes, he was Middle East. Yeah. All right, we're going to go. Thank you very so he much. Wasn't a I, white man. I, okay. I appreciate where you're coming from, and I appreciate you coming on tonight. And I know you're very passionate, and that you, um, that you want what's best. 
Uh, so everybody has different aims and different ways to get there. But I appreciate you sharing I, your thoughts. I just want black liberation and black sovereignty. Thank by you very much. So there you have it, folks. This man thoroughly checked with all magnanimous, gracious fortitude this woman about how Christ is literally a black man in the Bible. And look at the disillusion. She she started to stutter. She started to, uh, 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 well, 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 everyone knows that he's, a, he's Middle Eastern. Well, that shows you that no matter how much evidence, no matter how much facts, even from back then to now, there's still the disillusionment, there's still the spin, there's still the lies. We know the truth. Everyone knows now that Christ is black. Because we know that Christ is black, the only conclusion that one may make is that the original Jews of the Bible, the Hebrews, are black. So with this information being exposed to the forefront, the fear of black boys, the fear of black men, the fear of a black messiah, a fear of black art can readily be seen because they don't want you to know that the people that they enslaved are literally God's chosen people because this will turn the whole world upside down. That a global slave trade was perpetrated on God's chosen people. If that's the case, then guess what? Somebody's in trouble. <laughs> I'm Afiel Levi Israel. Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio, where the truth does not fear investigation. Stay tuned, listen to a few songs, and we hope you enjoy this show. Have a good day, and may the most high be with you.
Stretch me your pants I'm yielding to your will Your loving commitment Will endow me Surround me in my coming and my going Cleanse me, purge me I want to be white as snow So I may testify of your love To those in search of you Desire truth, the inward parts you make me know you. Casting all my cares, refresh me with the waters of life. Like a child crying softly, forgive me. Allow me to approach your throne. Know me. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my Create in me a clean heart, O Elohim, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted unto you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O Elohim. Elohim of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Yahuwah, open up my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, else I would give it. You delight not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of Elohim are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O Elohim, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure unto Zion. 
build you the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall you be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. A lot of times, our people don't like to connect the dots. You could say you're a Muslim all day. Don't nobody give a damn about that. You could say you are of the Kemetic community. Don't nobody give a damn about that either. You could say you are Egyptologist. Don't nobody give a daggone. You can say you're a Christian. You, know, you can say you're a Rastafari. Don't nobody care. But the second you say you're an Israelite, the true Hebrews, now all hell breaks loose. Because that's the problem. You got to connect. What is the connection between Deshaun Jackson and Nick Cannon? What did they say that got them in hot water? It ain't that the white man was a savage. That, mm, it ain't that we are the originators of all things. Mm, that's that bull crap, y'all. Jailhouse talk. It's by them both saying we are the true heroes. We are the children of Israel. Now they catch hell. You better, Negroes, you better learn to connect the dots. It ain't no problem. All of the stupid things you're in, there's no problem. You can say it till you're blue in the face. But the second you talk about the Bible and then we're the people of the book, now, you, now there's problems. Now there's problems. Stay hate, stay hate, stay hate. Down, so does 
their understanding Whether it's Christ, bright light, or the one commandment Our eyes water for the horror sure have caused wealth They can't fail, plus we're caught up on in vain health We lost hope, our shepherds all soft spoke They scoff quotes, misinterpreting in soft cloaks Off scope, with reproach and they exhaust dopes Somebody tell a modern Christian that they cross broke Of whom do their households take counsel? What amounts when the counts melt doubtful? Why they cover with the coverings of other things? They love sin and will discover it ain't of the king The plan was basic for the band who once had rain plantations Tell a man is glamorous and man is handsome naked Played the hatred, cancel patience, amputate their nation The clan that ran the races handed famous lamentations Everything written, everything written Straight for learning, learning Who's you gonna believe it? What if God only supposed to profit? Yeah. Know your history, yeah Robbers, 31 flavors and targets Lamentations, we were in the vein for a nation That got problems to solve them, absolve them Washington guy, we on the rise They in decline, on the recycle They got the nerve to swear on the Bible? Right Never trust, never trust, never trust so just, just a system that will always be broken Cause they hate, cause they hate, cause they hate us
Moses and Christ, they gave the law and grace to keep you from sinning so hard. The things before were written afore, time that we could learn through all. Patience and comfort, we have the scripts to keep you alive away from sin. But we rebelled, now suffering. And slavery is the price we get. Our women, our children, taken on ships. Murdered by enemies, chains and whips. They changed our name from fame to shame. Hebrew to English, the Spanish came. The Nina, the Pinta, the Pilgrims came. Slaughtered our people, Indian names. Gave us religion from cradle to grave. Stuck in idolatry, Caesar Bourget. Babel to Babel is Babylon. America singing the same old song. Put us in chains, then say we're free. Destroy our minds through slavery. The curses in Deuteronomy. The Bible is just our history. The truth someday will set you free. My people, you have to set your mind free. You've done so much for me I cannot tell it all Nade If I had ten thousand tongues It still won't be enough Nade
Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. We now have a cash app. The link is in the description of the page here on anchor.fm, also on Spotify. We appreciate you listening in. We do have a few features that we are including now. We are selling a few products such as watches, perfumes, colognes, and other uh, products will be available for our Israelite community, as well as the general community of the population. We have a Facebook page. Just type in The Forefront Media, and you'll be able to get updates of uh, various shows that we drop when they do drop. Um, Please do share this show if you like the show, and we do hope that you do love this show. And uh, tune in for more uh, episodes once we have them available. Thank you for listening to The Forefront. I'm your host, Afiel Levi Israel.